This podcast is proudly brought to you by Infinity Media, incubating innovative businesses in the media industry. Hi, I'm Gordon Muller. I'm a guru in the Doc and Guru podcast. Thanks for being with us. For those of you who don't know me, I've spent over 40 years in the media industry in South Africa and uh, pretty much made it my home, my life, my passion. I have other passions, unfortunately, for my sins. I'm an Arsenal supporter and a Shark supporter, so we're going to do pretty much everything on the show as it pertains to media, marketing and money, but we don't take jokes about Arsenal or the Sharks. I'm Doug Mateus, uh, the doc on the show. Uh, and again, for those of you who don't know me, I've uh, spent 30 years in, in uh, various companies in South Africa uh, running uh, different marketing functions. And the last job I had, I was privileged in, uh, enough to work with a team that took uh, the brand to the fastest growing brand in South Africa in 2018 with a 47% year-on-year growth. So that was a, a great achievement uh, for the team and, and, and I'm really proud of that. Uh, from a personal point of view, I do a little bit of cycling uh, and also snow skiing. So we quite enjoy that. But again, uh, today's discussion is around all things marketing and media. Yep, that's right, Doc. All things marketing and media. No subject too big, no topic too small, no subject too hot to handle please get in touch with us on our facebook page follow us like us whatever it takes we would love you to be involved with the show and uh, we really want to make it as inclusive and as energetic as i know this industry is capable of hey gordon how's it going Really good. And uh, again, another in our series of the Marketer of the Year finalists, uh, building up to the awards, uh, which I'm really excited about. I mean, you know, I think, you know, my bugbear is media. Often we, we get isolated from marketing. So it's really, really um, exciting to be part of a marketing discussion. I mean, yeah. media, we have always been children of a lesser God. We know that. Okay? But <laughs> we're still part of the marketing process. That's my, that's my claim to fame. I'm fighting for media space here. Absolutely. So, Kentani, great to, to have you on the show. And I'm going to let the doc fire yeah. away because he's got Thanks. 25 questions here, like the previous <laughs> uh, one. Media, media was question 26. So I'm going to focus very carefully for my cue. <laughs> no, rubbish, man. Um, Kinsani, first, welcome. Kinsani Nabanda from uh, Nedbank, CMO, uh, finalist of the year for the Marketing Award. Well done. I mean, that's a fantastic achievement. Yeah, it is, hey, Doug. Thank you so much. Um, I have to say, when I, I got the email at the beginning of January that not only had I been nominated, but I was a finalist, I was incredibly proud. Um, I think it's a massive recognition for the great strides we've made on the NetBank brand over the last few years. So, yeah, gratifying to see. Yeah, great. And I mean, just just for the sake of our listeners, Gordon, and also, you know, a lot of these awards, you know, you, you kind of sometimes wonder, but how did that person win? Or how, what process did you use? And I think, you know, we're trying to err on the side of caution here. So we're doing quite a robust thing. And I've explained a little bit to you, but just for our listeners out there. So I've interviewed quite a few people around each finalist to get a, a, a more holistic view than all the finalists will. I mean, not all the finalists, all the 
judges at least will see that and, and score against you know a 10 point scoring rubric but I mean just as we're leading just an aside one of them, I won't tell you who but one of your colleagues uh, Kinsani says to me and, and I almost loosely quote she's a breath of fresh air coming into an oak panelled boardroom at Nedbank <laughs> where he, he says he says you got ex- I must explain this to you their pictures up there it's like at school you know with the honours board their names in gold and she comes in here with a pair of converse and sits in a yoga pose and, uh, no, and, and he says he says and we like when we sit in these meetings to have a specific seat you can't fiddle with our things and she comes in here just like stuffs it up with a brush of breath of fresh air so is that vaguely true or was he exaggerating it's so funny. It's 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 quite true to be honest. I've been known to come into Exco and board meeting wearing my all stars, <laughs> and yeah, you know it's a it's a big part, Doug, of just how I've chosen to show up in, in a very authentic way and just being me. Because for me, I feel like the work should speak for itself, um, and I really like to work in organisations that allow me to be me. So I hope, yeah, I can actually inspire other people. <laughs> to do the same. I know I do get weird looks sometimes, but I'm just like, oh, well. <laughs> yeah. But I think, you know, just, and again, I don't want to do too much speaking and we, we must get onto the, the campaigns and the work, but I think, you know, Gordon, it's so important and, and one of the leadership lessons as a leader is, and it's, it's a phrase that I came across years ago, how do you show up? You know, how do you show up? What is the example that you set? And I mean, you know, Kinsan, in your case, you know, uh, I guess you were saying, you know, being proudly African and South African and, and being authentic and, and that, you know, that rubs off. And sometimes it's like the teacher at school. You don't know how many people you influence, you know, whereas years later, you know, I look back at, at teachers and lecturers I had and they had a profound impact on one or two things they even just said to me. And I guess that's your role and responsibility, you know, as the top marketing person at such a massive organization is um, how do you show up? And it's every day, you know, how do you show up every day? Uh, Kitsani, let's Absolutely. just go. Thanks, man. I just want to get straight into it. And, and I think let's talk about two very prominent pieces of work. In, in chatting with Pepe Maria from your agency the other day, he was saying to me, and I mean, they do, and, you know, Joe Public again was, was agency of the year this year. So they've done a lot of high profile work. He said to me that his best piece of work or, or most challenging piece of work or most fulfilling piece of work was Money Secrets, working very closely with you. Do you mind just taking, for people perhaps not that familiar with it, take us through uh, Money Secrets? Yeah, so definitely one of the highlights of my career, to be honest. Um, So when we came up with Money Secrets, the brand repositioned itself in 2017 around seeing money differently. And the philosophy behind seeing money differently is that money well managed can make a real difference in people's lives. They just need to, you know, see it as something that can be a catalyst for growth. But what we realized is that you can't expect people to see money differently or to manage money well when actually they don't even talk about it. Um, and we'd done some research, we'd had shown that people are more comfortable talking about death, talking about relationships, talking and more open to talk about those things versus money it just seems to be much more secretive. And the brand philosophy is that the more we get people to actually address money, I always say stare money in its face, <laughs> um, they'll get to manage money a lot better. And actually, if you look at the brief, just from the brief, Doug, we didn't even, I just chatted to the agency and said, guys, I want South Africans to talk about money because I know what it can, the impact it can make for their finances and for their money behaviors and for their relationship with money. 
So when the agency came, and that was the brief, there was no written brief, nothing. But I mean, Joe yeah. Public had, had obviously been a massive part of the journey on repositioning the brand um, and all, you know, so, and they've been on the, on the brand for like seven, eight years, I think it is now. So, I mean, they, they, they know the brand really well. But what was funny is when they came back and presented the campaign to me, like I, they started off by saying, it was almost like little blackmail sort of, or I don't know, like they said to me, well, you know, the best CMO in South Africa would actually really like this campaign. Basically saying, if you don't take this campaign, you're not that great. I was like, you guys are silly. And yeah, I mean, the first time they presented it, I, I had like such goosebumps because I knew it was the right thing to do, but it was also the scariest thing to do. Um, not just, I mean, for me personally, and I'm pre- I'm a pretty risk taker when it comes to marketing and my work and stuff. But even for this one, I was just like, wow, this is, you know, quite a thing because we were challenging, you know, sort of money behaviors. Like, for example, what we say, we had shown in research that two out of three South Africans spend more than they earn. Um, we'd seen that one out of three South Africans had lost money in a pyramid scheme. Now, for a bank to put these conversations front and center is a bit risky because some people could challenge us back and say, but aren't you part of the problem? Um, And honestly, to then go around the bank and get support for that campaign, and if you think about it, we basically filmed a 15-minute movie, um, and the way we launched it was like launch of a movie. We didn't even have any branding at the beginning of the when we're doing the trailers and all of that, we launched it at um, New Metro as a movie and the media that were invited honestly thought it was a proper movie. And here was this 15 minute net bank. I mean, at the end, because it plays, they still don't know they're in the theater and then it plays for 15 minutes. And then at the end, it just says, see money differently, net bank. My heart was in my throat. Like I just thought, my God, I'm going to lose my job, honestly. And my CEO was sitting in the, you know, theater with me. And then we just, we had like a collective gasp in the cinema and then just like a round of applause. I was like, oh God, I can keep my job. (laughs) But I mean, (laughs) even beyond that, just the conversations that started driving, um, we wanted people to develop their own personal money archetypes to understand, you know, what their money behaviors look like. So, yeah, just a fantastic campaign for us for, from a brand perspective, not just, I guess, in the results that it gave us, where we linked a lot of digital marketing to the archetypes that people had to do. Um, but I think just starting to show the brand from a creative perspective, and I think you get a sense of where we're trying to go with it. Yeah, it absolutely is. You know, I, I mean, I watched it after speaking with Pepe uh, and in preparing for, for today's chat. So I just, I'd urge South Africans who perhaps may not have seen it to go on to Money Secrets and, uh, and, and look and understand because, you know, you, and I say you, but banking and, and insurance financial instruments in the country play such an important role in educating people, you know, in terms of, of being better with your money. So well done on that. That's a fantastic achievement. And again, you know, I urge our listeners out there to uh, always be part of the conversation. Get on there uh, and, and, and better understand your money. Gordon, I'm going to hand over to you. For yeah, well, you know, I can see Pepe's hand in this because we had him on the show a while back and, he, and we know that purpose in life is, is, a, is a core driver for him at a personal level so I, I can I can quite get this now I haven't seen the movie but what I did do was I took the financial archetype quiz uh, can Sonia, yeah. and I can tell you it, it is uncannily accurate it is quite what was your archetype <laughs> I am I am a, a dreamer with a little touch of the carer in there and um, but 
just the, the four descriptors, so the outtakes, emotional blind spots, money blind spots, positive actions, positive money secrets. The emotional blind spots and the money blind spots were literally, if you had sent me for a course of psychiatric sort of evaluation <laughs> with regard to my money instincts, it's here. So you're saying watch the movie. I'm saying to anybody out there, really, I would honestly urge you, it's very accessible, the financial archetype quiz on the website, very easy to find. It, it took just a few minutes, um, and congratulations, and I'm, I'm, I'm sure I'm going to get his name r wrong, Dr. Tsipiso Mantenchi. Yes, um, Ateka, yeah. yes. Yeah. Wow, man, you know, that is got your finger on the pulse. I would highly recommend that. It was fascinating. But one thing intrigued me in doing this, um, and that kind of leads to my media-related question, is I wasn't asked for personal information. So how do you you extract the the value of of that data and apply that in a in a you know in a sort of constructive but uh, purposeful way. Yeah, so I mean, obviously, in the marketing world at the at the moment has got a lot of privacy concerns, as you can imagine, um, and. You know, for us, it does make things a bit more difficult. So there's two ways that we do that. One, I'm a bit surprised that because at the end of that quiz, you should have received sort of, would you like to get more information from NetBank type of thing? And depending on the archetype, because we can pick up the archetype at the back, right? We would then be able to actually offer you products and services that we believe are relevant. So internally, we've actually created that if someone is a dreamer, these are sort of the right products for them. These are the wrong products for them. So yeah. don't, you know, offer them that. And try to offer products that help them be much more responsible in terms of how they move forward. But we've also obviously got cookies in the background. And I know, like, you know, there's a whole thing about privacy with yeah. cookies and all of that. But that help us start to build profiles of people without necessarily knowing, you know, who the person individually and quite specifically is. Yeah. But it helps us to start building a profile of those individuals to be able to offer them sort of the right products and services going forward. And it's, it's such an interesting question because we learned initially when we created the, the campaign, we didn't have that, that data sort of um, set up at the back to be able to do remarketing, um, you know, and all of those good things. And we realized that like so many people were filling in this um, survey and we were actually losing an important moment of being able to offer our products and services. So literally, I think three weeks later into the campaign being launched, we created all of that to be able to do that. So one of the things I've really enjoyed, even through the Money Secrets campaign, was my own personal growth and learning around some of the things as marketeers we throw out there. We talk about data being the fuel for the digital economy, but actually in use, we probably don't use it as much as you know we, we should. And this campaign has taught me in such a way that we've seen an acceleration of how we use data for, you know, a lot of the things that we do from an online perspective, you know, to help us being able to sell our products and services, but in a way that still helps, you know, people protect their privacy and, you know, all of that. Yeah, and I think uh, as we move into a post-cookie environment, you know, obviously first-party data is going to become crucial to you. Yeah. just want to loop back on something you said as well which was you know music to my ears and you talked about the seven to eight year old relationship with uh, joe public and for me that's something which in and of itself is is deserving of praise um, far too much emphasis in the last decade or so on churning agencies every two or three years from a procurement point of view how have you managed to balance that need for or the realization that your creative agency has to understand the brand and have a passion and a feeling for it and 
kind of you know servicing the needs of procurement to show due process and savings etc cetera, etc cetera. yeah so my first philosophy in this and i think my procurement team have just had to deal with it is i always tell them that the owner of the relationship between our agencies is the marketing team me specifically and not procurement so they need to understand that what they need to do is to deliver to the needs of what marketing requires Obviously I'm not good. I mean I sit on the ex of the bank I understand our cost pressures I understand you know uh, you know where our profitability issues are so I'm not going to like put us at risk in terms of spending money willy-nilly or you know paying retainers that don't make sense and all of that but it's important that they understand that if we want to build a strong brand and I mean our vision is to be one of the top five brands in South Africa and if we want to achieve that we need to work with the best creative partners and that that's not necessarily always the cheapest partners so I'll just give a quick example I mean we had a discussion about from one of our agencies um, in terms of the premium we were paying if you could if you compare that to generally what the average is in South Africa and obviously procurement was saying we need to reduce it and I said to them no because I want to work with the best and if the best means I have to pay a premium a reasonable premium then that's what it is so fundamentally for me I think as marketeers like procurement is there to serve the needs in terms of what we require as a marketing team they know they don't lead it they don't run it they don't they they need to deliver on our requirements and I've made I mean to the even as like a basic level of, if you look at the contracts we have with our agencies, we used to have on relationship manager, we'd have procurement people sitting there in the contract. I said, no, it has to be marketing people. If it's a media agency, so media shop, it has to be Tatiana who heads up our media. So those are things that you have to lead and drive as the marketeer. Yeah, absolutely, uh, Kinsani. And I think, you know, I've, you know, also made the point through the years to, to, procurement people and I understand and 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 I've included internal audit through through my stuff as well from a governance point of view but it's not about buying a commodity you know often I would say without trying to be disparaging towards the function it was easier buying Bon Aqua versus uh, another branded water because <laughs> you, you, they're both 500 mils and the ones two rand cheaper but and but buying a complex relationship like a media or a creative house, there's lots of intangibles that you need experience, you know, and through the years, you build up that acumen. So I included them, but also with you, try to balance, you know, without putting people down, try to balance that relationship by saying, listen, it's not, it's, you're not buying a commodity buyer. This is a, it's a, it's a relationship more complex buyer. So yeah, well done. And, and, um, Obviously, I wish you well, not just with Joe Public and Media Shop, but, you know, all your other partners in there, there must be so many. Kinsani, just another question from our side. You mentioned the point that how you grew through uh, being exposed and using data better through the back end of your campaign. Just one or two hints or tips that you can give to young people, you know, want to aspire to be like you. You know, what are the lessons that you would give them and leave with them that they can take away as a piece of practical advice? You're listening to The Dark and the Guru, proudly brought to you by Infinity Media. Yeah, I think firstly, and you probably, like a lot of people, whenever they say describe Kenzie, one of the things, you know, people talk about is how passionate I am. So that always comes across on the brands that I work on. So I'm extremely passionate about generally any brand I work on. And I think that's the first piece of advice that I'd give someone. And whatever the brand's positioning, you need to connect to something that inspires you, you know, to market it to the public. And, and I've done that 
from when I worked on Rama Margarine. And, you know, I would connect to the fact that, like, you know, for moms, as they're giving their children Rama, it gives them, you know, a good start to the day. And I would really connect to that. On Joko Tea, I would connect to the whole idea of women of strength. And, you know, that's the piece that would just really be inspirational for me on the work that we're doing. So I think that's the first thing is like, how do you connect to something about the brand that just makes you extremely passionate about it? I mean, if you if you look at my social media and there's so much of our net bank there in terms of just not really, I don't really put our campaigns necessarily, but a lot of like behind the scenes of what we're doing and all of that. And I do that because actually I really believe in the brand and what we're trying to do and what we stand for and stuff. So that's important. I think the second thing is like be externally like curious um, and I recruit for that. So when I interview people and all of that, I really try to understand how curious they are um, because, you know, whether it's about curious about marketing, your competition, your consumers, the world in general, I just think it's important because it really gives the work that you do um, a lot of interesting new ones. And actually part of that curiosity when I had to, so I, I developed my digital marketing team. So when I started, it was basically an internal digital marketing team of seven people. I then um, built a business case for the business to take that to about, I think it's 29 people. Now I'm a marketer from Unilever with when we, you know, 21 years experience. When I started, it was TV, radio, outdoor magazines, print, you know what I mean? Yeah. It was more digital the way it is now. And as I've gone through my career, I've had to learn digital. But the way two, three years ago when I built this digital marketing team that I had to learn digital marketing to a level where I'm going to our CFO and the, and the exco to get extra money to really build this team. I need to be 150% convinced that the business case I'm putting on the table is the right one. So I had to learn. So, you know, you can't say you've learned and it's enough. I've done my degree or whatever. So just continue to be curious. And then I think the last thing I would say is just be bold in your ambitions and your aspirations. Um, I mean, like I said, like, you know, from a net bank perspective, we want to be one of the top five brands in, in South Africa, in fact, on the continent, because um, we know that the top 10 in South Africa, are actually the top 10 on the continent. Now, whether or not we'll get there, I don't know, but it's certainly a, an ambition, a bold ambition that I'm going for. Um, and I love to do that on any of the brands that I work on is to just have like a really bold ambition and aspiration, but also my own personal ambitions and aspirations. I mean, my friends will tell you when I started at Unilever as a 21 year old from Wits University and I said to them, I'm going to be a category director by the time I'm 30 years old. And everyone was like, well, no, that's not going to happen. And it did. So for me, there's a lot around just being very clear about and bold about your aspirations and your ambitions, even if you don't hit them, I feel like you fall closer to the stars, right? Like, um, because it will have been very bold and stuff. So those would be the three. So passionate about your brand, be externally curious and be bold in your ambitions. Yeah, just a quick question on on you know, on that particular topic. Um, I've had occasion to work with Nedbank, you know, over the years. And one of the things which impressed me was the, the emphasis on internal learning and there was an even an even a structured e-learning program and a sort of a continuous yes. professional development that cpd program is that still in place because that was revolutionary and you were talking about this i mean 10 15 years ago before mm -hmm. people had even put it on the map 
So I'm not entirely sure. I think there's a big sort of e-learning piece that we do. But for us, in I've, I've actually, the last two years, created our own marketing capability program. I think the thing with organizations like NetBank that don't recruit straight from university, right? So at Unilever, at Coke, you know, you all come in and you get taught the Unilever way of marketing or the Coke way. So at NetBank, you come in from all these different organizations and people have a very different, you know, I mean, obviously marketing is marketing, but based based on their backgrounds and where they come from, some of the things don't land necessarily the same. So we've created a marketing capability program that's got, I'm going to say five pillars. One is just what is the NetBank way of marketing, right, to try build that. And we're still some way of getting there, but, you know, it's, it's one of my big sort of objectives that I want to land. Two is around um, what we call inspiration. So we bring in, whether it's international speakers or people from South Africa or, you know, so just to try to get people to understand and it's different topics. If it's about purpose, you know, we get the right person to talk about. So people really understand when we when we say purpose, what do we mean? How does it grow your brand? It's not just CSI. It's not that. So people can learn and understand that. The third one is a big focus on digital. Um, so like I said, it's so easy for us as marketeers. We throw the word digital out there. But in my experience, we we still quite some way of really being able to use it in the best way possible for our brands and you know to, to grow your market share and all of that. So there's a massive focus on digital marketing. I'm sure I said there's five pillars and I can't remember the other two. <laughs> <laughs> but the other one is memory, that. yes. The missing pillar <laughs> is memory. It's important to remember. When you get to Gordon and I, we're our age, you've got that excuse, uh, Kinsani, but you don't have the excuse of memory yet. <laughs> but thanks. And actually, in that, we've also launched the Marketing Excellence Awards last year, um, which are our internal awards uh, around, again, step changing the work that we do. So, because we don't always enter all our work, right, for external awards and stuff, but it's about how internally people can see what good looks like. Um, in different areas. We've got one for media, by the way, so the best use of media. So, you know, trying to also accelerate people's understanding and knowledge of how media is not just something that, you know, the creative teams come up with an idea and say, okay, let's put on the billboard, but media can play a big role um, sometimes in actually developing that creative thought based on the media channel itself. Yeah, look, I mean, I think the phrase you've used there is outstanding, what good looks like. There are many, many young people, particularly young people, who don't know what good looks like. And we had a, a marvelous yeah. case back in the day when I was with Saatchi and Saatchi, when we had a client uh, who wanted wow advertising. And after a week of attempting to deliver on wow, eventually I, <laughs> I couldn't crack it. I couldn't understand it. So I went to Willie and I said, Willie, you have to explain to us what does good look like and what is wow? He said it's called win over Willie. So it was just, you know, it was very loose interpretation. Willie Brighton, in case you're listening, and that's you. But, um, and it's you got to get beyond the win over Willie kind of thing. If, if I know that what, is hilarious. No, I've never I, heard it's, that. It's so Willie true. was the client. Willie was the client, and that's all we had to do. And we didn't, <laughs> and he wouldn't tell us at any given point what what was required. But it's vital that we all know what good looks like. But just coming back to CSR because. Uh, for me, NetBank is, is multi-layered, and I think one of the things which I enjoyed more than anything else was to watch the play out of the of the Kiona uh, program. Mm. Um, it, it was life changing, literally sitting there watching the Kiona team being picked 
on the night uh, and I suddenly mm. realized how big it is. So how do you balance between that kind of brand, purpose, see money differently and, and pure outreach and you know, life-changing community, social uh, kind of involvement like a Kiona? Is that still part of the mix? Um, not Kiona specifically, but and I'll just tell you how we've evolved Kiona to something else. But I think maybe what I want to speak to is, so one of the roots that I love about the NetBank brand is absolutely its impact on society, whether it's been through, sorry, as you say, Kiona, but even beyond that, if you look at the affinities, so, you know, Nelson Mandela Children's Trust through the, the Children's Affinity, the Green Trust, working with the WWF. So a big part of the brand's root actually comes from having like always having this positive impact on society and we see it through when this trialogue rating which is a csi rating whether we rate it by ngos or other companies we're generally in the top three i think the difference for me now is how do we ensure that that's not just csi that we do on the side but is a big part of the brand and our purpose, and we actually use it to continue to build the brand from a marketing and communication perspective. So that's a big focus for us. Um, and then also just starting to evolve. So I also, under me, I've got the NetBank Foundation, which is our CSI arm. So we've done a lot of work the last year to evolve our CSI to, one, have a clear, what I call the strategy anchor. So it's easy, right, with CSI to let me spend money here, building houses, um, feeding kids and all of that. But I actually want to use that money to make an, an, an indelible impact, like a real impact for people. Now, you're not going to do that if you're not clear what you're trying to do. So we've identified our CSI anchor as the green economy. And within the green economy, what we've said is we want to grow jobs. We want to grow people in terms of education um, and we want to grow skills. That's a very clear sort of, and we've got, you know, we've done a whole, what they call um, the, cha the, the change management sort of piece around what's the impact that you want to land. And we've found an M&E specialist to be able to identify what we should say from an impact perspective. Now, all the money that we suddenly have on NetBank Foundation, we've got a clear purpose for where we want to spend it. Um, and then we know because it's around jobs, skills, education, hope and, you know, and part of that is like not just individuals, but, you know, small businesses. Like, for example, there's the Bushle Farmer Academy we've got um, in Limpopo where we've got 10 farmers who we've set up for the last two years. And those farmers have hired about altogether, it's about 80 people. So we know that we are now creating the ability of people to come into banking. Maybe they were unbanked previously. So to come into banking, um, all of a sudden that impacts the economy. Hopefully when they come into banking, they come to NetBank, right? I mean, we don't force them. But that's a real part of, you know, what I call, what people call the shared value. But we're starting, we really want to live it. Like what, what, what is a win for NetBank? What's a win for society? And what's a win for individuals? Um, so that's where our CSI is shifting um, overall. I'm really excited about where, what we're going to see because within the green economy, we're looking at areas where we can like really be catalysts for growth like agri. And we saw agri grow through COVID last year, one of the few sectors that actually grew like um, energy. I think energy is going to be a big play. So those are the areas that we're focusing on really to grow jobs and, you know, all of that. And then if you take um, Kiona, so whilst we feel like we've made a big impact from a football perspective on Kiona, what we realized was that it was almost a lot of the kids who got to Kiona probably had 
also done or tried to get into footballing using other areas within football. So there's a big part of development in football that I think is still, that's not enough, but is there. And we felt like the impact we were making whilst it was good, it just wasn't broad enough. Um, and also because it was only in football. So we've evolved it to something we're actually launching this month called um, the Youth X Unlocked by Netbank, where we are going to try change the young people's lives in different categories. So not just sports, we're going to do it in music, in tech, in sustainability. Um, and, you know, just like really, because whole, our whole purpose amongst young people is how do we unlock your potential so that you can achieve your dreams and stuff. So the whole Youth X platform is based on that. So we've decided to move away specifically from football to a more broader, you know, like I said, so I think we put sports, arts, entertainment, science and technology, business, social good and sustainability. And hopefully what you experienced in football, we want to make that impact in a much broader scale. Yeah, that's fantastic. And Sonia, and again, you know, it's such a, you, you know, you're involved in so many things from a foundation to, and, and I mean, I'd be keen to, to read up and look and see and wish you all the, uh, the best in YouthX. From my side, unfortunately, we've run out of time. I'm going to leave Gordon to wrap up. But I mean, just for our listeners out there, please, as always, as we always say, be part of the conversation. Get onto uh, the Marketing Awards site uh, to see the finalists. So it's marketingawards.co.za. I mean, these are the top marketers in the country. Uh, we've heard from Kinsani. So thanks very much, Kinsani, for your time. We really do appreciate it. And again, you know, I wish you uh, obviously the best. I can't take sides in this thing, but I wish you the best. And I'm going to leave. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to leave. Gordon to, to wrap it up for us. Yeah, Kensani, congratulations on your nomination in the uh, Marketer of the Year finalist category. Um, fantastic. And do please let us know. I love the sound of the YouthX uh, initiative. Please let us know when you're ready, you or one of your colleagues, to come on the show and unpack that for us. But thanks to you for the time. Thanks to all the listeners. Thanks, Doc. And uh, we'll chat tomorrow about uh, another Marketer finalist. So it's going to be a busy week. Yeah, absolutely, Gordon. And uh, to our listeners, thanks again for your loyal support and uh, we'll catch you next time. And so that was another episode of The Doc and the Guru. Please don't uh, forget to get hold of us on Facebook, like us, follow us, uh, subscribe to the podcast. And then from my side, you can get hold of me on LinkedIn, Dr. Doug Mataz. I'm uh, very active and very keen to hear about your views uh, and certainly will respond and hopefully we can bring that into the show. Thanks, Doc. And it's uh, Gordon Miller, the guru, signing off. Thank you for being with us and listening into this podcast today. You can pick up the discussion with me on my Twitter handle, at Mzanzi Media. And I'd love to engage with you on any of the issues that we've taken on in the show. And take us at our word. This is really going to be an open forum. There are no subjects that are taboo. And we'd love to have some of the younger, more under-listened, if that's the correct phrase, uh, voices to join us uh, in this discussion. Thanks for your time. The Dark and the Guru, proudly brought to you by Infinity Media, incubating innovative businesses in the media industry.